Sounds good, man. All right, we're back. A second interview with Dr. Nathan Jenkins. Welcome, Nathan. Hey, Jason. Thanks, man. Or Doc. What do you prefer? Uh, freaking call me by my first name. <laughs> you know, I, I have found that PhDs oftentimes are almost like embarrassed to use the word doctor, but you're a doctor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, well, some of us, some of us are, I find, I find a direct correlation with that actually. What's the, with what? The, the ones who want to be called doctor have like, um, tend to have a little bit of, um, insecurity, kind of a complex. Are they the same people that would shave reps at a CrossFit class? Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like, a, 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 unless I'm in a, actual, my actual professional setting where I have undergraduate students who want to address me, um, I, I, those kids, I just like let them figure it out. They can call me Nathan, they can call me Dr. Jenkins, most of them call me Dr. J. Um, but I just like leave it alone. Otherwise, freaking please use my first name. Right. Well, I that's, always like to give the respect. I like to give the respect. I have a master's and I know how hard that was to achieve. Yes. So I can only imagine how much harder it was to get your PhD. So I'll refer to you as doc going forward. But so, <laughs> that's fine. so doc, you're at the University of Georgia. You've right. been on this, I mean, I truthfully don't know what's a more prestigious <laughs> a more prestigious credential the fact that you have your phd uh -huh. or this is your second appearance on best hour of their day well the phd i got that a long time ago um this is like new and fresh for me and i think you guys are doing some great work so i i am I, i'm actually um sincerely honored to be back on the podcast this is this is really cool for me so well we appreciate that anybody can get a phd not right. anybody can come on best hour of their day, let alone twice. And right, we right. certainly want to have you on more, more than that because you've kind of become the spokesperson for us with CrossFit Health. Mm -hmm. Fern interviewed you already. Then we got to see you at the summit. And let me tell you, the CrossFit training staff is a very hard staff to win over. And they loved you. They absolutely loved you. And that's very unique. I was at a summit... Man, it must have been like six or seven years ago. And don't worry, these lights are motion detected. They just went out where I am. I'm going to sit here in the dark. It's all good. But <laughs> they tore the guest speaker apart. I was, wow. I was like really feeling sorry for this guy. And, and, and I mean, you won over the crowd. And it helps because you're a crossfitter. And I think that's important for everyone to realize you're doing this research. You're trying to really grow CrossFit health, you're pushing us in the right direction, but it really stems from your devotion and dedication and love, just like all of us, all the listeners, to the CrossFit methodology. Yeah, the best hour of my day every day is when I get to go work out, so. So uh, where are you doing that right now? Uh, the affiliate I work out at is called CrossFit Oconee. Um, it's in uh, Watkinsville, Georgia. I live in Athens, Georgia, but it's the next town over. Watkinsville is actually Turns out to be closest to my house. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I, I work out every day at like either 4.30 or 5.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> Have you gained a little bit of notoriety there? Like, are they like, oh, that's the guy that's, or is it kind of over the heads of most of the box members? Good question. Uh, I, th a little bit, um, I, but I also, I mean, it's a great community. The people, it's the people there that like really keep me going back. Uh, and, and keep me keep us staying there. It's like it's an awesome community, and 
they, for the most part, I feel like for me, I'm just a regular person at the gym, like everyday athlete. And we're all kind of like hardworking professionals and we all come there to like de-stress. And once in a while, like, cause I've been to like HQ a couple of times and uh, gave a talk there and I, I'll post some stuff in the, in our private, you know, members Facebook group um, when I'm doing stuff like that. And people kind of get excited. It's like, whoa, what is Nathan doing? <laughs> um, and they know that I'm a professor and I do CrossFit oriented research. But for the most part, people, um, it's all just every regular people, right? And I'm one, just one of them, and my wife is too. And um, yeah, so like a, a little bit to answer your question, but but for the most part, not really. Like, and they don't. They also know that I go there to de-stress, so I don't get like a lot of, you know, that we have a guy who's a divorce lawyer at our, at our gym, and he also has made it pretty clear to the members there. It's like, um, please don't ask me questions about. Like <laughs> when I'm here in the box, because this is where I come to be stressed. And it's like the same thing with my work is way less stressful than that, but <laughs> uh, hey, same kind of thing. So if I were to become a divorce lawyer, then I would hang out in a CrossFit box. So that's probably the best place <laughs> to get new clients. I've seen plenty of marriages fall apart in the CrossFit box. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> So for those that maybe haven't heard of you before or didn't listen to the previous episode where Fern and you had a mm -hmm. deep dive discussion, what would you say is your elevator pitch to what you're doing for CrossFit right now? Uh, well, what I'm doing for CrossFit is, uh, so I'm a consultant for uh, really <clears throat> training department is who my uh, contract, my current contract is with, um, with Nicole. Uh, and uh, what I'm doing is designing a course on exercise physiology uh, that'll be offered online. And it's uh, gonna be 10 modules, basically 10 different lectures on different topics related to exercise physiology. So like the metabolic energy systems and uh, <clears throat> hormonal responses to exercise, uh, exercise in men versus women, exercise in kids, exercise in aging. Uh, these are all some just examples of the different modules and, and they're similar to the lectures that I give in my exercise physiology class at the university, but tailored specifically for the, uh, the CrossFit methodology and the tailored to the, um, the target audience of CrossFitters and people who are maybe looking for like continuing education in, um, their advancing their coaching credentials and so forth. Um, and within the CrossFit training sort of space and CrossFit training department. So um, that's my, that's been my main contracted work for CrossFit. And I've also been um, not contractually, but just, I guess, kind of casually um, affiliate working with and spend some time with the folks over in the CrossFit health department, like Karin, and um, have gone to a couple of the meetings, the, uh, what they call the DDC or Derelict Doctors Club meetings at HQ. Uh, a couple times now, and I got the opportunity to present one of those as well. So, um, so since my work is in the area of CrossFit and and or sorry, exercise and cardiometabolic disease in general, that's been a natural connection as well. So, like talking with all the physicians and um, the different people involved with the CrossFit Health um, movement. So, obviously, you were already in the midst of your journey to become a PhD in your exercise physiology degree before finding CrossFit. Mm -hmm. But at what, at what point in your CrossFit journey did you say, hey, 
this shit is really good and I should be focusing on this versus whatever you were working on in the past. Yeah. Um, well, my, my background with that is that I, got, I actually got my, I've had my, I know, I know I look young and I don't think your listeners are seeing my face, <laughs> but we'll, we'll um, put a nice, we'll find the okay. best picture. Uh, but I've been, I've had my PhD for coming up on a decade now and, um, I have been a professor for seven years. And so for most of my research background and, and my research career, it has been, um, not CrossFit related at all. Um, but it's been in the general area of exercises, prevention and treatment of cardiometabolic disease. And it was actually through students that I was teaching in an exercise physiology class that I even got exposed to the whole idea of CrossFit and looking at the science of it. Because we were talking about like, it was like 2014 or so, not that long ago, that I was teaching this class and after a discussion on trends and fads and in fitness in class, a couple of students who actually, one of whom had her level one, came up to me after class and was like, so what do you think about CrossFit? And being a mainstream exercise scientist, I had only heard, I had only just heard of it. I didn't, I had not actually taken the time to look into it that much. But of course, by 2014, most people had heard of CrossFit. I said, that's the thing where they climb the ropes and flip the tires and get injured and stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, but then, you know, the prompted me, it's like, okay, students are interested in this. Let me see if I can incorporate it in my classroom. And I looked into it. And it was interesting enough to me that I said, okay, I need to like explore this, try it out and cut, to cut to the chase. Because if, you, um, if anyone's, if the, the, for the listeners who ha did hear this story, um, uh, the conversation I had with Fern, I, basically I decided to try CrossFit for one year and it took, it's, it's, it, I haven't really looked back. That was 2015. And that was, it was towards the end of that or really actually it, it's been kind of an, a gradual a snowball effect kind of thing where I have progressively incorporated more and more of CrossFit ideas and methodologies and doctrines and so forth into my professional, into my work and both my teaching and my research. So my job is 50, 50 teaching and research. And we're just starting to really gather steam on that. So, um, yeah, so that, that it was really after that in the, in that process, that you can answer your question. 2015, 2016 is when I've really started incorporating more, more of the CrossFit ideas into my work. What's one thing you learned during your PhD program that mm -hmm. you no longer believe is true since mm -hmm. you've started CrossFitting? So, uh, there's a bunch of things. Um, and you might recall I had a whole slide on this at the, at my, at the summit uh, where I got to present. Yeah. Uh, I used to believe, for example, uh, I wish I had that in front of me. Oh, it's on this damn computer. Pull it up, but um, don't touch your computer. We had enough technical difficulty. Yeah, we did have that before we started. Um, now, my um, one thing that I used to believe was true that I don't think is true anymore because of CrossFit is, and, and by the way, this will be something that is actually you could find papers to support this in the scientific literature, but I don't actually think it's correct. Is that if all you do is meet the physical activity guidelines from the US federal government, which is 30 to 60 minutes a day of moderate 
to vigorous physical activity. So 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity per week, then you're doing enough to get by. I don't actually think that that is an accurate, a scientifically defensible accurate statement. How would you rephrase it? I would rephrase it by saying that the, 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 the whole idea of our, that's, that's what I articulated there is um, an approximation of our guidelines for physical activity for, uh, for health and to, to prevent a premature demise. Um, but I don't think it's enough to get by. I think instead, I would just rephrase it completely away from the whole idea of volume, which is what that prescription is, is how much physical activity should you be doing to check the box. And instead, I would rephrase it by saying we should be pursuing an improvement in our work capacity and our ability to do whatever it is, like to, to do X. And we could fill that blank in with a lot of different things, whether it's a strength type activity, um, which is where I would start from a general public health standpoint, because that's what lands most people are like in the nursing home, um, or a cardiovascular sort of domain, cardiorespiratory endurance sort of domain, which is what um, so many of us are limited in and so forth. But basically the big picture is, without diving too much into the minutia of it, is have a, a goal like a physical performance, a fitness-oriented goal, instead of checking the box, like did I did I do this amount of activity today, or did I not do it, etc. Sounds like the new answer has to be basically fitness in 100 words. I think that's a better guide. That'd be a think, great. You go ahead. I'd say that'd be a great guideline. Imagine if the world all of a sudden said, okay, instead of just hey, we're going to move for 30 minutes, whatever that represents. We're actually going to eat meats and vegetables, nuts, seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. We're going to keep intake levels, et cetera. You know, we're going to clean. Mm -hmm. We're going to jerk. We're going to practice the basic so lifts. lifts. Yeah. I think that's a lot. I, and I, you know what, man? I think the experiment in that is, has been ongoing, and I think we've got the data. I think it works. Um, and, and I mentioned to you guys at the summit, like, you on the seminar staff, I regard you as industry scientists. I'm an academic scientist. I work in the university in the ivory tower. You're an industry scientist where you're testing out an idea, a methodology that where your laboratory is the marketplace. And the, 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 in, in, the, in the laboratory of the marketplace, if something's not successful, it's not going to work and it's not going to be a viable business strategy. And what is CrossFit if not the fastest growing, you know, exponential, uh, rate of growth, you know, the curve for the explosion of CrossFit over the last 10, 15, 20 years, we haven't seen anything like that ever. And the core of that is fitness in a hundred words. And the um, results are just profound. We don't have, we don't have, a, an, I would love to see more numbers associated with this, but we don't really need it. Um, the, the, the physiological adaptation is something that in the academic space, we, we, would, we wish we had that. Uh, the, the profound effects on body composition and cardiometabolic health, we just, we don't have that with, our, with what we've come up with as far as uh, uh, the optimal approach. Whereas the fitness in 100 words and, and pursuing an improvement of work capacity across broad time and mobile domains, I mean, CrossFit's done that 
in a different type of experimental model, which is, which is industry. Well, I want to get a little conceptual with you, you know, mm -hmm. for the listeners prior to this, I kind of asked the doc, I was like, Hey, what do you want to talk about? What can we, what can we do? And you really said, Hey, yeah. I want to do whatever it takes to, to help box owners, to help the community, to help the industry. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, what's awesome. But, you know, yeah. having recently driven from Florida to Colorado and I travel the world delivering these seminars, you see the problem. It's yeah. evident. You drive through Kansas, you see the problem. You drive through Kentucky, you know, and we didn't veer off of 70. So we were eating at the fast food places, you know, every X amount of miles, there's a sign on the side of the road that has those six local fast food restaurants. And we'd go in there and there's obese people. Yeah. So my conceptual question to you is you're an exercise physiologist. You know, I'm a CrossFitter and a CrossFit coach. What's it going to take to make a change in this country? I'm not even talking about the world. What can we mm -hmm. do? I mean, I, I, so the buddy, my buddy of mine, Kyle, who full disclosure, you remind me exactly of when you were talking at the summit, I was like, that's my buddy Kyle up on the stage. And it was really cool. like, I still, as we're talking, sometimes don't, I forget that you're not him, but He's he's um, about to be a guy. nurse. He, he's a okay. he's a he's a smart, great-looking guy, and um, <laughs> so we we talked a lot about it on the way because he's just starting his nursing career. He just took his test. You know, he's moving forward, and we we stopped at one stop, and we had been talking a lot about diabetes, mm -hmm. and there was a guy who was overweight, and his ankles. This no joke, and it almost like makes me like tear up because i'm sad his ankles had like purple bands around them mm -hmm. and when i say purple bands i'm not talking like he was wearing something i'm saying his skin was discolored mm -hmm. to the point that it was purple he had like the fluid around his legs yeah and i'm like in your mind you're like what the fuck is wrong with this dude mm -hmm. you know and, and i'm a little harsh i'm a very cold turkey tell me what to do kind of guy i don't you know i'm so it's easy to me. Hey, you have a problem, do X. This guy knows he has a problem. His ankles are purple. What's mm -hmm. it going to take? Doc, give me the answer. You <laughs> said, what can I do to help this community? Give us the answer because that's what's going to help CrossFit affiliates grow. How mm -hmm. do we get those people to understand, hey, CrossFit's not dangerous. You know, you have to eat this way. You have to do these things. We have a great community. It's going to change your life. You're going to get divorced. We got a divorce lawyer for you. We're all set up. You're good to go. How do we get them? How do we explain that to people? Oh, man. Um, well, usually I'm the one asking these questions to my students, like the, the, the impossible. Right. So let's flip it. Yeah, yeah. So it's flipped right now. Um, they'll love that. <laughs> that I got asked. I got stumped. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and I understand there's no answer. No. But, but at some point, it's like, you know, and for all the people that are hating on Coach Glassman, it's like, that's what he's trying to do. Well, what, that's what he's trying to do. And actually, I've heard him speak to this, is that he, and I share his view on this, is that uh, I don't have a lot of hope for the, like the public health, you know? Um, I'm not sure that, I, I think it would be naive of us to think like, hey, we can fix this. This m massive global epidemic and I know you're talking about global, we're talking about US, fine, US epidemic, that like, we just can't even get our heads around how big this problem of chronic disease actually is. I mean, and we, you could put it in financial terms, it's 
we got enough, the cost of all of this, like diabetes, obesity, et cetera, has enough zeros on it that I, I just cannot get my mind around that amount of money. <laughs> Maybe you can, but I, I can't. <laughs> Come on, they gotta, be, they gotta talk to the University of Georgia. They gotta give you a raise. Oh man. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so like, it's just a tremendous problem. And, and I'm not terribly optimistic that we can solve it, but what we can do is, my, I can tell you my personal approach, man, is to just look at what's, what, I, what, what influence do I have in the circles that I run in, right? Like they call it spheres of influence or whatever. I've got a, a team of three doctoral students and we're doing CrossFit-oriented research and we're gonna publish that research and we're gonna get it out there. Um, these are small studies that we're just getting started. It's very humble beginnings. Who knows where it's gonna go? It's the same thing as like the local affiliate opening up and they're gonna have, first it's 10 members and then it's 30 members, then it's 50, then it's 100, 200. And then that impacts the community, right? And then um, it's just, I don't think that we should set out to be uh, with these like, super grandiose astronomical unachievable goals it's more like what can you do with what you have right now and and then see what happens right so i don't know if that's a cop-out answer but um that's that's my that's my take on that because it is overwhelming it's like why bother like as if you think if you think of it that in the okay let's solve it the whole thing then it's like it's too big why bother i'm just gonna stop i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna try but um, no, I think there's like things we can do here and then with the here and now. And that's, that's, that is what I'm personally, what I'm doing with my, with my research is to focus it on, um, well, there's just a lot of opportunity with the exercise science research that has been done. Um, a lot of it falls short of actually addressing things with questions of like work capacity. And if you, if you do an exercise bout in the, just an acute setting and look at some health marker, that, that where that exercise stimulus is challenging your work capacity, for example, um, then what happens to your health? Well, th there's just a lot that's not known about that in the, in the scientific space. So that's the kind of things that we're trying to do right now. Yeah, and I don't take it as a cop-out. It, it was kind of a question I threw at you, and yeah, it's, okay. it's a hard answer, but I think everybody that's listening to this, like you just said, needs to figure out what is their you know, sphere of influence, who can they, you know, impact. And one thing Coach Glassman brought up at the summit is they do a free class uh, twice a week. Uh -huh. And I forget the exact term he used it, but it was basically, you know, overweight and out of shape people get to come in for free, whatever criteria you might want to set. The underserved. He calls it the underserved. Underserved. And whatever criteria that means for your box, you know, every box, I've owned three affiliates. I know from 2 to 4 p.m., nothing's happening at your box. So like you said, open it up for free. For free. I would, I, it's hard. I want to go up to those people and tell them I can, I have the magic pill that they want. It's going to save them money. money. It's going to, you know, it's going to give them more time. It's going to make them healthier. But yeah, you, you have to get them into the box and get them around that community. Yeah. Hey, on your trip to, out to Colorado, down I-70, did you stop in Columbia, Missouri at all? Do you remember that? Well, we didn't stop there. And honestly, I don't remember oh, that. that time. We drove through Missouri. I did. I did. I worked for two years at the University of Missouri. That's a great town. Well, well, we did stop at Kentucky Fried Chicken. And, yeah. you know, so 
And 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 they, I think that's it's kind of what makes me sad is I, I see these people eating, and I'm like, hey, it's not as even as if you can't eat here ever, but let's just be a little smarter. Yeah. You know, let's let's put away that soda. You want some fried yeah. chicken once in a while? Have I had, I had some fried chicken. I had a biscuit. You had some. Yeah. You, you crushed some fried chicken. Yeah, it, it gave me <laughs> diarrhea, but it was worth it. <laughs> um, so <laughs> speaking of that, the other thing that you and I kind of talked about is, for, yeah, we, you know, the, the big buzz going around the CrossFit community in the fitness world is this documentary called Game Changers. Uh-huh. And I'm anxious to hear your opinion on it. I know your degree, you know, mm-hmm. exercise physiology includes metabolism and, and mm-hmm. it includes all that. So I'd like to hear your opinion on it. You know, Everyone's trying to go plant-based. Truth be told, I, I gave up meat for a short period of time just to test it out. Yeah. But what's your opinion on that? Did you watch the documentary? I did. Yeah. After, after um, sh- shout out to Katie who uh, on seminar staff who messaged me. She's also on. a best hour coach, by the yeah, way. Right, right. Um, yeah. So she messaged me asking me my opinion on it. And I uh, had not watched it yet at that time, but, but she was maybe the second or third person to ask me. And I was like, okay, enough people are asking me about this thing. I need to sit down and watch this. So um, over that, the next, the following weekend, I sat down and watched it. And now it's been a couple of weeks. So I can't remember the, a lot of the specifics, but my take was that, man, it's just a really interesting time where people, I think about things on like a kind of a meta level, like a high, like 40,000 foot level. It's like, where I'm always interested in where do people get their information and right now the current thing is for people to get their information from of course the internet like social media Instagram Facebook YouTube but when it comes to nutrition I think the average somewhat intelligent otherwise educated person is mostly getting their nutrition information from Netflix like documentary because this is just the latest one and it's sort of a series of these um, high profiles, somewhat to extremely controversial, uh, uh, nutrition oriented documentaries that's come out in the last few years. Like the one a couple of years ago that I also got a lot of questions about from friends, colleagues, students, and so forth was called what the health. And it was just this, it was like same shit, different day, to be honest. Um, and the, the bottom line for me is that, you know what, it, the the Netflix producers do not make their money based on the accuracy of the information that's presented. They make their money based on the number of clicks on and how many views they get. So that right there for me, like regardless of the content of the message, it, it's going to be hard for me to get past. That's, that's my filter, right? It's like, that's going to be hard for me to get past that and, and take it. So, um, so there's that from the, from the beginning. To get into a little bit of the specifics of it, um, I had a hard time with the way they quantified the effectiveness of the the, the vegan diet in that documentary. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but their their test of like the 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 I can't remember the guy's name, but the narrator, the host of the documentary, went on a, his vegan diet, and the 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 part for me that I almost turned the thing off. <laughs> was his test of how effective it was for his fitness was a battle rope challenge. So like how long could he last on, on swing battle ropes? And before- right. Well, there's no way to measure. Right, there's no, <laughs> um, yeah, so 
like we can just ask the CrossFit community who's listening to this is the, is how long you can last on a friggin' battle rope. Is that a good measure of your fitness? Right. And so he, I think he went from doing it for like two minutes to an hour or something like that. Um, cause, cause his vegan diet was magical. Um, there may be, there may be immense benefits to the vegan diet, but that would not be the way that, that I would measure it. How about that? I like that. So, so if a box owner is listening and they have their members coming up to them, Hey, I saw game changers. I'm thinking about doing that. How would you recommend that they respond? Yeah. Um, I would say just, I would, as a box owner to a client, to a, to a member, I would say, Hey, look, that's, that's cool. That's one source of information, but just you need to understand there's a lot of different opinions and perspectives out, out there. And it's, it's your duty. It's my duty. It's our collective duty to educate ourselves on a variety of perspectives on this. And as a box owner, if I, I don't own a box, maybe one day in retirement or something, I will. It's kind of like a bucket list thing for me. So at some point I want to own a box. And if I were a box owner, I would say, Hey, look, let, let's, let's figure this out together. Right? Like, tell me what you, like, you know, you'll watch it. I'll watch it. We'll take notes, compare notes. And then always have like the skeptic, the scientific skepticism. That's one thing we do well at the universities. You know, never just take anything at face value. You need to investigate this thoroughly. Let's dig in and kind of figure this out. Like, is there, there's probably, and there were some elements of veracity of truth to take from that documentary. And there's a lot of elements that were just not as good. And so the whole process is to come up with something that's uh, um, a set of ideas and theories, whatever, that's, that, that points us to a best practice. One source of information is never going to comprise all of the things that we would say is best practice, especially when it comes to nutrition, because it's just a complicated topic. Well, and I think a lot of that documentary was, you know, a little bit biased based on who yeah. was involved and what their financial implications are for them. So I think like anything look into that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Look into that. Don't get all of your, but, but isn't that the whole problem with nutrition? I mean, when I grew up, I think we're about the same age. It was a fat-free craze, yep. you know, and, and where was that coming from? It was coming from the television, from magazines, to mm -hmm. the to the extent that I've educated myself, but my parents still believe in all of that. Yep, 100%. Um, the, the food industry, and this is what, this is one of the things that uh, Coach Glassman is educating the entire community on. And doing a great job with it. The, the, the corrupt influence of the food industry in the nutrition sciences and health sciences in general, but in, in particular in nutrition. Um, that's something that I think box owners should, and you guys have talked about this on this podcast before is man, the CrossFit.com these days is a, an amazing resource to become educated and conversant on, on that. And yeah, we saw it like in my childhood, I think I'm a little younger than you, <laughs> but in my, <laughs> in my childhood, it, uh, definitely remember like the fat free, um, craze and my, yeah, we had like fat free snacks in the house and stuff. And it's, you know, it, it, we're a product of our environment product. That's just the times that it was. And hopefully, you know, we've learned from that and kind of, we're starting to move on. How long do you anticipate it taking before the, country recognizes meats, vegetables, nuts, and seeds is the way to go. Oh man. That's kind of like the, 
the the last question is like but do you think it will ever get there then or is there know. is there too much kind of a pessimist man i don't think so well is it because the health industry won't allow it yeah it, it's such a big machine um the the food industry and the, the government and I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but <laughs> no, I mean, I've heard, you know, hearing you talk about it, hearing coach Glassman talk about it, mm -hmm. hearing Dr. Zoe talk about it. Sure. Um, you realize, no, this is real. No. So like the, as far as like um, the mainstream thinking on, I'm going to, I'm speaking in really broad brushstrokes here about exercise and mainstream thinking. I'm not terribly optimistic that it's going to change to what has been born out of industry as a as a different and and arguably more effective model which is crossfit <laughs> you know um when you again it's for me it's like i think of it as two laboratories one is the the, contr the contrived controlled experimental space that we have at the university and the real world which is where industry tests tests ideas and they either fail or they don't or if they semi fail but semi succeed you take that feedback and it's an iterative process where you buy where by you improve it as you go and you develop best practices based on like market feedback right well that's just a different model and you end up at a different conclusion a different set of best practices than you do if you do it the other way which is the academic way and this is what coach glassman talks about is like consensus science and uh, and postmodern science where it's like let's just come up with stuff that we can all agree on as as the best way to do stuff and it there's no there's no there's no like test market it doesn't necessarily we don't know if it works or it doesn't work it just the people who think they know stuff about it they agree on it right so that is i'm describing it in broad terms um but that is how we came up with the uh set of ideas that we have about again best practices for nutrition and exercise from the academic space and oh by the way that happens to be influenced a lot by commercial interests in, in, in industry. And that's a big problem. I mean, I, I personally, I mean, I'm kind of removed from a lot of that. Like I don't have industry funding. Um, I don't, I have one NIH grant, but it's kind of a, a totally different topic. Try to keep myself in my, in my, again, the, the small sphere of influence removed from that stuff. But just as an observer, as a participant and, a, and an observer of like the, that, that big machine that is, um, academia and the the mainstream public health messages about exercise and nutrition oh man coming back to your question am i is it going to change mainstream i don't know like it's a it's a it's a, it's a lifelong it's going to be within our lifetime it'll be really interesting to see how things go like we're talking not one year not even five years a decade i might check and check in and see how things are going compare and then look back like over every 10 years or so like how much progress has it been made because it's just such a big problem. It just takes a long time to make incremental progress on this stuff. So, well, like you said, to kick this off, mm -hmm. here's what we can do. Box owners need to control their sphere and we mm -hmm. need to get out there. We may never make that change for the entire country, but we can make it for a box. We can make it for our community yeah. and slowly. Grassroots, it, man. That's it. It might not happen. I mean, this is the same way coach Glassman started it way back when in Santa Cruz. You know, I don't think his goal was to 
be a disruptor in the health industry, which he is now, but he right. just started with the intention of helping people and that's what he's doing. Right. Yeah. For me, I, I never, uh, I would say now I actually, in my lab meetings with my students, I, I use that term disruption quite a lot. It's like when we, when we publish our results on some of our studies that we're doing, I hope it, I hope it, I really do hope it disrupts our field. Um, and you know, it's going to take a while for us to get some of that stuff published. Uh, because it's going to be so different from what my peers are used to thinking about and how they're used to thinking about exercise. Like, you know, I presented at the summit on quantifying the exercise stimulus in terms of uh, power output and work accomplished, you know, physics-based characterization. <laughs> that's going to blow. That's good. It's so simple, right? It's so fundamental. Um, but that's just not how the mainstream exercise science community looks at exercise. It's like percent of VO2 max, heart rate, your heart rate reserve, you know, percent of your heart rate max. Um, it's just, anyway, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm just really excited about um, some of the stuff that we're having the opportunity to do right now and uh, the chance to talk about it with people like yourself and your, your colleagues and your peers in the, uh, the CrossFit training group. Yeah. And you know, I can see it happening because since moving here, I was dropping in at a global gym just to, it was right down the road and I want to get my workouts in and you see it, there's squat racks, there's functional fitness areas. I mean, oh, yeah. none of that was around before CrossFit. Yeah. I worked at gyms long before there weren't kettlebells, wall balls, pull up bars. Yeah. So it's cool. And I think, that's really the beginning of it. It's going to happen. It might not be in our lifetimes, but it's going to happen. So yeah, for sure. Last question to you. We're it's uh, Thursday night as we're recording yeah. this. It's going to go up Monday. Okay. What's the last workout of the 2020 open going to be? Oh shoot, man. Well, I think, and don't look at your phone. Cause I don't know if it's Elliot. We're recording hey, it probably right is, around eight o'clock. By my, by my watch, I've got 8.06 on Thursday night and I've got, I'm not going to pull up the phone, but I've got a push notification from my um, CrossFit Games app that's probably telling me what the workout is. Okay, mind. well, let's see. I'll do this. Let's uh, do it live. I'm going to look up what it is. Okay. You, um, you give me your best guess. Oh. <laughs> You're a doctor. You're a doctor. Yeah, You're pretty good at this. Right. You should be able to do this. I think, all right, I can tell you the movements. I think they're going to be in at first. I think we've got to see rowing and wall balls. And I also think we're going to see some variation of muscle ups and my hunch is that it'll be ring muscle ups only because we had bar muscle ups in the 2019 open earlier in 2019. So, <laughs> um, All right. Rowing, wall ball, and ring muscle, muscle ups. Yes. And I think a relatively shorter time domain because we've had a, several like 20 minute type deals. So I'm going to say... Well, I'll just tell you what I've been thinking it's going to be all week. I think okay. it's uh, a 10 minute AMRAP of um, one ring muscle up, uh, 10 wall balls, and 10 calories on the rower. Where, and then every round you increase the number of ring muscle ups. So, like for the one, and then two, and then three, and so forth. Something, something along those lines is what I've been thinking of. Well, Doc. Am I close at all? You are, I just pulled it up. It came up. What a guess. You are extremely close. Yeah, let me tell you what it is. Okay. And, and, and the listeners, you've, you've probably done it at this point because it's. I just um, earned so much credibility. 
CrossFit. You you did. <laughs> you did. And now, okay. so the workout 20.5, four time, uh-huh. partitioned anyway. Oh, shit. 40 muscle-ups, 80 calorie row, 120 wall ball shots. But you can partition any way you want? Yeah, so that is very similar, actually. All right, I got what you were saying. Man, everyone needs to not be heroes and do short, small, quick sets. Okay, so let's um. While I've got you on the phone, hey, you yeah. know it, and I do want to go see it because I believe the announcement was at Reebok CrossFit One, so I'm sure oh, yeah. Austin's we'll watch- there. Yeah, we'll and, watch that. Uh, Denise is there. So, earn some street cred right here, Doc. Hit me. Yeah. How would on. you recommend people break this up? All right, I, I need to. And see then it I again. will I will poke holes in your theory. This yeah, would be like you're a man, dude. Like I'm defending not your dissertation right now. I have my L one, but I'm not a I'm not a master trainer or coach. I've coached. Yeah, that's basically like you saying to me, you have your level one is like basically a kindergartner coming up to you and saying, "I'm in kindergarten," and you're like, "I'm a fucking doctor." Like that's where we're at right now. So, all right, all right, all um, right. So. What's your strategy here, Doc? And, and I'll make you defend it. Well, my, now my app isn't loading because I can't see it. So tell me again. It's 40 okay. muscle-ups, 80 wall balls? 80 calories 80 and calories. 120 wall ball. 40, 80, 120. Gosh. I don't, I don't see my – I'm just thinking of myself, and I'm a fairly average – athlete i can do is it ring muscle ups it bar? only says muscle ups for the record so i don't know just yet uh-huh. actually there's a picture over here and it looks like china cho is on rings so i assume they're and rings ending based on my but uh, my knowledge of crossfit is that unless specified muscle up means ring muscle up if, unless, i would agree with that muscle. yeah I, i'd say it's a good assumption we're going with rings okay so um that was my. That was me trying to earn more street cred. Yeah, um, nice job. <laughs> um, I don't think I'm not doing any more than a set of four muscle ups at one time, and I'm not necessarily even stringing those together. Um, that's a that's a lot of. And what what's our time cap? Do we have time cap? No, it doesn't. There's no time cap. Oh Jesus! I think. Man, I I mean, We're like super raw right now. Um, Okay, well, let's just say if your goal was to finish this as fast as you can. Um, and then I'm not doing any more than 10, I'm well, the, 10 ball balls. There is, a, once. there is a 20-minute time cap. 20-minute time cap. Well, man, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a sit down and ponder things and think about it right on the whiteboard a million times. But off the cuff, uh, four, no more than four muscle-ups at one time. Um, once you've accumulated four muscle ups, then move to the uh, to the wall balls, I guess. No, uh, move to move to the rower so that the pulling has a chance to recover a little bit before you could pick it back on the ring. All right, now you're thinking, and then, and then to the wall balls. I don't, I'm not doing any more than 10, a set of 10 wall balls at once with that many. Well. Uh, Based on what you're saying, yeah. I think you would basically break this up into 10 sets, 4, ten 8, sets. 12. Exactly, exactly, 100%. And, and I think eight. that's what most people will wind up doing. Yes, yes. The, the, the challenge, okay, 
I'm going to ask you. Thing? I don't know. I don't know if that, I think about it more, but that off the, like raw, not having thought about it at all, four, eight, 12, 10 rounds and don't be a hero. Don't go out too hot. I'm, for me, it's difficult. Like when I'm fresh, I can string together four ring muscle ups, but after, can I do 10 rounds of that? No. So I don't even know what, this is going to get ugly, man. <laughs> I think, I think where people will get lost is uh -huh. the 80 calories and the 120 wall ball shots uh -huh. relative to the muscle ups is very low. Right. So like you're saying, it's going to be easy to chip away at the 80 and the 120 and just leave yourself staring at rings. Exactly. And I, that's my, that, for me, I know that's going to be the, the sticking point as uh, Coach Insar talked about. Like there's a sticking point in every workout for the vast majority of us average people. It's going to be those ring muscle ups. I mean, yes, it's, I've never done. I don't think I can think of a workout where I've done 40 at one time, like in one workout. And, and 40, I don't want 40. I don't want you to think that that comment was lost on me in that you've listened to the episode with Hinshaw, by the way. I listen to all, I've listened to every episode. Well, thank you. You are. It's my favorite. I, I, it's sincerely my favorite CrossFit themed podcast, it's, which is why it's uh, my, my highest credential to be on it twice. Yes. Yes. Well, and I, I, I like to say, I believe you're the street cred, Dr. Nathan Jenkins without really seeing it, you know, really, I think he did a good job kind of coming up with the game plan, understanding the workout. So he's not just a, a brain. He's got the muscle ups to, to back it up. And I think you're going to do great on this workout. Man, maybe is it, is it two, eight, 12, and two or, or something like that? Uh, that? That comes out to be. Or know, two, eight, two, 12 or something two, eight, along the Exactly. Two, eight, two, 12. Now you're thinking that's, that's it. You just earned I, your stripes. That, that way it's going to be constant movement. Yeah. Okay. That's, I like that. That's actually what I'm, I, I, all right. That's what I'm going to go to bed thinking of, but then I might change my mind by the time I do it tomorrow night. All right. Well, we'll be excited to see how you do. It's been a pleasure having you back on for a second time, and I'm sure we'll have you on multiple times. Fern and I plan on having all of the CrossFit Health people on and having a regular schedule with you guys, so we're looking forward to that because you guys are doing some great things in the world, and we are appreciative of that. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Jason. This has been a lot of fun. All right, Doc. Get a good night's sleep. Yeah, all right. Dream, dream of your strategy and let us know how it goes. Dream about muscle-ups, man. All right. Take care, man. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, one more time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and send us any feedback you have to at Best Hour of Their Day on Instagram and Best Hour of Their Day at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.